Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransombello. So many things um, happened in the life of Jesus, but all those things did not really count as much as when he had to get to Gethsemane to make the decision as to if he was going to die or not. Um, he healed the sick at several times. He opened the blind eyes. He, he cured the man who was deaf. He cured the man who had crippled legs. He even raised the dead back to life. But all those things did not mean so much, you know, if Jesus was not going to die on the cross. So the, the, the utmost decision um, of Christianity is the one decision that Jesus made in the garden of Gethsemane to die and, and, and you and I have received the hope as a result of that. And on the third day, the Bible says that he rose again with much power in his hands and he didn't just um, rise up from the dead for having victory all by himself and just all to himself. The victory of Jesus Christ was deliberately given so to him so that you and I will have victory. The victory of Jesus was your victory. The conquest of Jesus was your conquest. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that you are more than conquerors because you conquer nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are more than conquerors because you conquer nothing. And because of that, um, Jesus who did all the conquering for you has entrusted you into the position of victory. And therefore, we have victory not by the things that we do, not by how much we pray, even though prayers is important. Uh, but we have victory not by how much we fast, even though fasting is important. But we have victory solely because of the blood of Jesus. We have victory solely because of what he did on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of their testimony. What gives us the overcoming edge is the fact that the blood has saving power. And why did God become a man? He did so because God in the spirit has no blood. And therefore, for the propitiation of our sins and the atonement of our sin, um, there has to be the shedding of blood for the remission of sin. And God has to come in the form of a man so that he can die. And when he died, the blood of Jesus, which is the utmost sacrifice, has brought us into the place of victory. And therefore, as believers, we don't fight uh, for victory, but we fight from victory. We don't fight for the place of authority, but we fight from authority because of what the blood has done for us. Look at your neighbor and say, there is power in the blood of Jesus. You might not help me so much tonight, but look at another neighbor and say, there is power in the blood of Jesus. Tell somebody else, say, the blood of Jesus is my defense. I don't know how many of you believe it, but I believe it. If you believe it, say, I believe it. I, I believe it. And that's what happened in the Old Testament. God said to the children of Israel, when I see the blood, I will pass over. And the word atonement, which is the shedding of blood or the using of the blood, it's an umbrella word that covers several terms. And one of the terms is the word reconciliation. 
And I have good news for you and I that we have been reconciled back to God. In fact, as a matter of fact, God is not angry with you anymore. And the reason why he's not angry with you is because of the blood. The blood of Jesus has brought you and God together. There was a huge separation between you and God because of your sins. And because of how righteous God is, God was separated from you. Because of how sinful we were, God was separated from us. But the Bible says that he has broken down the middle wall of partition and he has made both one. Meaning that the blood of Jesus or the cross of Jesus Christ has breached the gap between God and man. So therefore, the word atonement is um, an umbrella term to cover such things as reconciliation. I'm so glad to know that God is not angry with me anymore. I'm so glad to know that when I do stuff that even is not up to the moral standard that is required by God, he sees his son instead of looking at me because I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So God is not angry with me. The Bible says God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their iniquities upon them, which means that God was working in the life of Jesus to bring humanity back together with God and what we preach is we say to people as God has reconciled to you you be reconciled to God ask your neighbor for me have you been reconciled to God I don't know about you but God has been reconciled to me he's not angry with me anymore and why is the reason because of the blood because of the blood of Jesus look at your neighbor said there is power in the blood tell somebody else that there is power in the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus that saved you is the same blood that reconciled you. Is the same blood that brought you to equal standing with God. That brings me to my next point. The next point is justification. I have been justified by the blood of Jesus. The Bible says, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. There is a difference between the peace of God and peace with God. Peace with God is the oneness, the unity, the reconciliation that has happened. And justification is a proclamation of the righteousness of the believer. So you have been made right with God, not by your actions, not by the things that you do, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful tonight for the blood of Jesus that justified you, the blood of Jesus that cleansed your sins, the blood of Jesus that made sure that you have become white as snow again. How many of you are thankful for the blood of Jesus that made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Somebody say, I'm thankful for the blood. And if you remember when God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. He said that to the children of Israel because the angel of death was about to come passing in the land of Egypt. And it was in the evening, sometime about in the evening. And when the angel of the death was passing through uh, the land of Egypt and the firstborns of Egypt and even the children of Israel were shot behind the doors. And he says to Moses, make sure that the children of Israel sprinkle the blood on the lintel of the house. Which means that when the angel of, the, of death passes by and he sees the blood, he skips the house. He's not skipping the house because the people in the house are moral. He's not skipping the house because the people in the house did their morning devotion that morning. He didn't skip the house because the people inside the house were of good behavior. But he skipped the house because of the blood. Yes. 
on the house. So even if there was a sinner behind the blood, uh, the angel of death will pass over the sinner. And there are so many people who are here, you might say to me, Pastor Phil, you don't know what I've done. But hey, you are behind the blood and God cannot see what you have done, but he sees the blood. Uh, look at your neighbor, say, my blood, the blood of Jesus is my defense. Uh, I don't know about you, but the blood of Jesus is my defense. When he sees the blood, he passed over. He passed over. On the mercy seat, the blood of bulls and goats were sprinkled on top of the mercy seat. But under the mercy seat, we had three things that reminded God of why he should be angry with the children of Israel. The first one is the, the table of commandments, showing that the children of Israel broke the law. And the second one is Aaron's rod that budded, showing that they rejected God's authority. God ought to be angry with them. The third one is also the, the manner that they rejected his provision, meaning that you are saying God is not able to provide for you enough. But, but, but see what God says when the blood is poured on the mercy seat. The Bible says that what God sees in inference is he sees the blood covering the reason why he should be upset. When Jesus died on the cross, he consumed the entire wrath of God that was designed for me. Everything that God should have been angry for and every reason why God would have been angry for, the blood of Jesus covered me and right now I'm hiding behind the blood and I'm not standing by my own works because I don't get it right all the time. Uh, being a pastor doesn't mean you get it right all the time. Being um, a bishop doesn't mean you get it right all the time. Sometimes breaking the traffic rule is sin. Yeah, not even keeping your room tidy is sin. Uh huh. Uh huh. When you ought to do the things you know you ought to do and you don't do them, it is sin. It is sin. So for those of you who want to hinge on your righteousness, there is no way for you into heaven because you can't make it without Jesus. But if not for his blood, his blood that stood me out and said, you, I'm going to take your place for you. And he gave me righteousness free of charge just because I put my faith in Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, I have righteousness because of the blood of Jesus. Another word that the word atonement, atonement covers for us is the word redemption. The word redemption in the Greek is apolutrosis, which means that you have been bought with a price. It means you've been bought with a specific amount. And the currency for purchase of your life by God is the blood of Jesus. Can I announce to you that nothing but you other than the blood of Jesus. In fact, you are as expensive as the blood of Jesus. You are not cheaper than the blood because uh, there, has to be a, there has to be unity between the product and how much you spend for the product. Yes, yeah, so if you are worthless and the blood of Jesus paid for you, it means your level, your status just changed. It means something about you just expanded because something expensive paid for your life. And you were bought with a price. There are several words that mean uh, redemption. One means to buy in the slave market. Another means to buy out of the slave market. The Bible says that Jesus came into the slave market in inference. He came into the slave market and he bought us out of the slave market. You are not 
in the slave market of death and destruction anymore. You are not on your way to hell anymore. You have a predictable outcome of going to heaven. And that's why the Bible says, he who has this hope in himself purifies himself. Because we know what is for us. We know that we are heading to eternal life. It says, these things have I written unto you that you may know that eternal life is given to you. I don't know how many people are here, but if you are not sure you are going to heaven, you can keep quiet. But if you know you are sure, and if you know the blood has made a way for you, I want you to lift your voices and say hallelujah somebody. I've been bought with a price. I've been bought with a price. It's an expensive price. And it's the price of the blood of Jesus. Uh, Can I bring to your um, um, attention that in the Old Testament, about 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep were killed just for the dedication of the temple for one nation. And imagine if you have to atone for many nations. How many oxen will you kill? How many cows will you kill? Uh, Because in fact, you have to be a rich man to be righteous in those days. Because you must have the money to buy the oxen and the sheep. And if you have fallen into sin, you can't pay for the sacrifice. You stay in your sin. Mm. But I thank God for Jesus. That before I even got into the picture, he died before I was born. He died and he made a way for me. And, and this is so important to me because even the 120,000 oxen and sheep and the 20,000 um, oxen, um, 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 you know, all those things put together did not measure to the five liters of blood in the body of Jesus. And guess what? The five liters of blood is enough for the whole world. If I the whole world and those who are not even born yet... It's enough for them. It's enough for them. That's the power of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, my defense is the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful because he bought me with a price. I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I've been sealed unto the day of redemption. I have been sealed. Nobody can take me away from Jesus. Nobody can take me away from the purchasing power of the blood. Nobody can take me away from what he did on the cross of Calvary. I've been sealed. It's just like the woman who buys um, something in the market and she marks her yam, she marks her goat and then she goes to buy other things and when she's on her way out of the market she comes back to the woman whom she purchased the yam and the goat from first and then she looks for the one that has the mark because that's her own property but she had paid for it. One of the ways we know that we have been paid for is the Holy Spirit we have because the Holy Spirit is the foretaste Mm. The Holy Spirit is the foretaste. The Holy Spirit is the foretaste of the real inheritance. The Holy Spirit is just an idea of what heaven is. The Holy Spirit is an idea of something greater that you are about to experience. And all that was made possible because of the blood of Jesus. When he's coming back on the rapture, I'm so sure that he's looking for those who his seal is on. How many people in this house this evening have the seal of the Holy Ghost upon them? I don't know who I'm talking to, but if you are one of them, say, I have the seal of the Spirit of God. Now, can I tell you something that if you want to check the health of a man, one way you know the man is healthy is by looking at his blood. That's how you know a man is healthy. Even in the hospital, when we want to take out um, the um, analysis of a man's health, we do a lot of blood tests. 
and you want to test for the liver, you go through the blood. You want to check for the kidneys, you go through the blood. You want to check for some parts of the organs, some organs in the body, you go through the blood. So the quality of the life of a man is in the blood of the man. The quality of the life of Jesus is in the blood of Jesus. The life of Jesus did not benefit me if his blood did not um, get spilled on that cross of Calvary. But because his blood was shed for you and I, I have come into the life. Are you getting what I'm saying? I have come into the very life of Jesus because of the blood of Jesus. The body is composed of many tissues. uh, But all those tissues are fixed tissues. The blood is the only tissue that flows. The blood is the only tissue that moves. And the body is also made of many fluids. But all these fluids are secretions. But the blood is not a secretion. The blood is actually a binding factor in your body. And that's the way the blood of Jesus has binded you together with God. That nobody can separate you from God. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. But there is no power of hell. The Bible says, it says, it says nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. The songwriter says no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hands. There is power in the purchasing power of the blood. Look at your neighbor said there is power in the blood of Jesus. Tell somebody else that there is power in the blood of Jesus. Ah, you see, when Jesus released his blood, he did it with great pain and agony. He didn't just slice his wrist and gave you his blood to drink. They beat his blood out of him. That's what they did to Jesus. Around 12 midnight in the, in the, in the middle of the night, people came and took over Jesus and then handed him over to the Jewish trials and and all the people to test him. And from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Jesus was tried. And while he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says that sweat was like blood. As a matter of fact. Blood came out of his sweat pores. That happens in extreme stress. It's called hemohydrosis. Where you go through extreme stress. And the capillaries in your blood vessels begin to break up. And blood comes out of your, your sweat pores. It's a case of extreme stress. You find this situation in many women who are emotionally heartbroken. And in a wreck completely. You find these things going on in times of war. That's when you see stuff like this. When you see men who have lost everything and in the times of war they have been devastated in their minds and psychologically. You see them sweating out blood. It's the place of extreme stress. Jesus lost a lot of blood while he was praying at the, at the garden of Gethsemane and he said, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass over me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Can I pause here for a moment? Let me thank God for Jesus who agreed not to stop on the cause of dying for me because if he gave up in the garden of Gethsemane uh, you and I will not be here tonight Mm. you and I will not be standing here tonight but I celebrate God who um, allowed Jesus the strength and the grace to go through the period of pain And the Bible says that his disciples began to flee in pockets. His disciples began to move in different areas. They ran away. Uh, I wonder for friends who leave you in your hour of pain. Um, I wonder how friends abandon you in your Gethsemane. But at the mountain of transfiguration, you have so many friends. 
But at the place of your, your um, Gethsemane, the place of your pain, uh, you have less friends. Isn't it a wonder why some people who are successful all of a sudden have extended cousins that they never knew about? Uh, some people who just all of a sudden God turns your life around and you begin to make billions upon billions per second. Uh, and all of a sudden then your cousins begin to show up. Your uncles from your mother's auntie's father's village begin to come into the picture. Uh, but you see God will give you the grace to take care of all of them and you will not lack. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because I've been blessed to be a blessing. Yeah, and if God is called El Shaddai, he's called the all-sufficient God, it means that when he gives you, he doesn't reduce. When it leaves him, it doesn't get short. It still remains the way he had it before. So if God is blessing your neighbor, don't think your own is finishing. Mm. Don't, don't think your own is finishing because there is more for you. Can, can I prophesy for a few moments? I feel like saying to someone, something is about to happen to your life. I don't know who you are, but an abundance, an abundance, a blessing from heaven is about to sweep your life through and overshadow you onto, onto the point where you have no room enough to contain it. Who is the person that I'm talking to here tonight? If you're the one I'm talking to, come on, shout yes. Yeah, the Bible says that Jesus was um, in the garden of Gethsemane. His body began to break and he was sweating blood. And, and they took Jesus. They spiked Jesus. They slapped him. They mocked him. They, they despised him. The Bible says he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He was despised of all men. He was rejected of all men. Uh, you see, the, 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 the painful thing is not that um, the soldiers despised him or the people he came for turned their backs on him. But the more painful thing is that even God himself turned his back on Jesus and he cried out with a loud voice saying my God my God for the first time in history Jesus says to his father my God he always said my father I and my father are one he always said my father but for the first time he said my God my God so that you and I can say my father my father because nobody could call God father before you could only call him god and when jesus will say our father who art in heaven the scribes and the pharisees will be angry why are they angry because they knew that jesus saying god is father means that he's equal with god because if you have come to the place of sonship you just got into the god class uh, i don't want to get distracted tonight you just got into the god class because a goat cannot born a lizard. Hmm? A human being cannot born um, willy willy. I don't know if. <laughs> yeah. And a God will produce a God. When God wanted to create things in the beginning, the Bible says he spoke to the source of those things. When he wanted to create the animals, he spoke to the ground. He wanted to create the fish, he spoke to the waters. When he wanted to create you, he spoke to himself. So who are you? I'm in the God class. The Bible says if he called them gods unto whom the word of the Lord came and the scriptures cannot be broken. He said know ye not that you are gods and you are sons of the most high. He says but some of them die like princes. They walk like mere men. You're not a mere man. 
You know why? Because the blood paid for you. You're not an ordinary man. You're a superman because of the blood of Jesus. One day I was, I was walking. Um, um, I got to H Medics, wanted to buy something. I was with Mr. Emmanuel and I had a t-shirt that said Jesus on it. I, I like to have those t-shirts sometimes because I'm proud of what I believe. I'm proud of what I believe. And that t-shirt is like um, the design of a superman. And, and he looked at me and he said, are you a superman? I said, yes, in Christ I am. In Christ, I'm a superman. Because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, one has to be a lie. Either my experience is a lie or the word of God is a lie. But I believe the word of God says, let the word be true and every man be a liar. Somebody say, thank God for the blood. 1 a.m. to 6 a.m., Jesus was tried. His body began to break so easily and so quickly. I mean, not so easily, but his body began to break. And he was abandoned by closest friends. You see, they couldn't charge Jesus with blasphemy because it wasn't really um, a Jewish court. Uh, Because the Jews had no right to try Jesus legally within the time of 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. Because it's not legal. So they couldn't charge Jesus with blasphemy. But what they did was to charge him saying that he had made himself the king of the Jews. And when they took Jesus to Pilate and then to Herod. They found nothing wrong with Jesus. And the Bible says that they began to whip Jesus when the people gave Jesus up. Mm, Sometimes people will give you up. Yeah, sometimes people will give you up. But that's your cross moment. But you must know that the cross moment is just for a season. And the same people who gave you up will come back to you. And when they come back to you, receive them. Yeah, receive them. When they come back to you, do what? Receive them. Don't fight them back. The brothers of Joseph, when they deceived Joseph and sold Joseph out, the Bible says that Joseph, when he got to the place of power, when the same brothers came to Joseph, Joseph recognized his brothers, but his brothers did not recognize them. People who backbite you, number one, they are at your back. Mm? And people who throw, throw arrows and hurtful words at you, don't get carried away, don't get intoxicated by their words, but surely they will come back to you. And when they come back, they will see the glory of God upon your life. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? You see, people who will cry, Hosanna, Hosanna, yesterday, sometimes at a weak point in your life, they will say, crucify him. And the same people who said, Hosanna, yesterday, that crucified Jesus. What a shame it is that the same people he came to die for did not receive him. Uh, You see, the weep, let me describe the weep that was used to beat Jesus. The weep is a flagrum that has, at the end of the weep, bones and metals. So that when you weep Jesus, uh, you form a circumference of a bleeding muscle mass in Jesus. And when they pull out the weep, it exposes the skin and the subcutaneous tissues to extreme pain. You see, when your nerves begin to get in touch with the outer environment, it's not a good thing to experience. Yeah. And when Jesus was beaten several times, he lost a lot of blood. If Jesus was not strong, he probably would have died there. He would have died there. But when they tied him to that post and the Roman soldiers began to beat Jesus and they whipped him with that whip for 39 times. According to history, they say that there are about 39 broad diseases, okay, that has plagued humanity. And each of the whip of Jesus will represent one of the diseases. And no wonder the Bible says, by his stripes, 
you have been healed. I, I don't know who came here with a form of sickness, but that sickness was already paid for on the cross of Calvary. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed already on the cross of Jesus Christ. And when they whipped Jesus, they beat his blood out of him. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. The wicked Jesus had a crown of thorn upon his head. The Bible says that the soldiers found a way of molding the thorns and the thistles. History says that you cannot do that without getting injured yourself. So they formed the thorns and the thistles and then they put the thing on top of the head of Jesus, increasing the more blood loss that he had before and Jesus who was going through shock already because he was losing so much blood. Um, he had so much of blood flowing out of his head and his body was disfigured because of the beatings, because of the weeping. As a matter of fact, Jesus lost form of a human. He didn't look like a man anymore. He was beating out of shape. But can I say to you that he was beating out of shape so you can be beaten into shape. Yeah, he was beating out of shape so you can come into perfect standing with God. And when, when Jesus was whipped, he, they put a, 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 um, a robe of of um, purple scarlet robe on, on Jesus and, and, and it symbolizes to me the sin of mankind. He says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. So when Jesus wore the garment, he was wearing the sin of mankind. And thorns and thistles are the products of the curse that God made over the earth. And he said to the earth, you shall be cursed and thorns and thistles you will produce for the sake of Adam. And when that thorns and thistles was wrapped and placed on the head of Jesus, it means that Jesus took the curse that was over humanity. Uh, the Bible says, cursed is every man who hangs on a tree that the blessings of Abraham might rest upon the Gentiles. The weakened Jesus was already going through pre-shock. He already had a physical and a mental abuse at the time. Uh, he was taken up the hill to a place called Golgotha and he had to carry the patabulum on his back. And he was carrying this heavy weight upward the hill. No wonder the song says, on the hill there is a cross. On the cross there is blood for me. When I look on the holy hill of what happened on that day uh, nobody knew that this was the redemption of mankind. But I thank God for Jesus who for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross and he despised the shame. I thank God for Jesus who didn't get bothered about the wounds who didn't get bothered about the floggings, who didn't get bothered about the beatings and they spat on his face but it didn't mean anything to Jesus because your honor will come in exchange for his shame and he says I don't mind going through shame here now so that my people will come into glory and that's what Jesus said and he went through the cross for you. It is a condemned man who goes through the cross as a matter of fact the Persians are the ones who originated crucifixion but the Roman soldiers had perfected the art of crucifixion so that they would produce maximum pain and slow death. It was a death of shame. It was a death of disgrace. Don't mind all the things you read and you see Jesus carrying a small cloth around his waist saying that he died with a cloth. Hey, my brother, my sister, Jesus died naked. Yeah, he died naked and he was spited. He was insulted. But hey, that was the will of God. 
It was the will of God for him to be on that cross. I'm so grateful to God because he didn't even take the wine and, and, and the, um, the vinegar that was given to him because if he took it, I mean, he would have felt a little bit numb. You see, because that thing is also to give the criminals while they are on the cross so that the pain does not kill them. So they will slow their death process and they will experience maximum pain. But Jesus refused to take the wine and the vinegar so that he will experience every single pain that you and I could possibly experience. Jesus did not take the wine and the vinegar so that he would know what it means for the prostitute to be in pain. He would know what it means for the abused to be abused. He would know what it means for the drug addict to come to Christ. The Bible says he was tempted at all points and he was tried at every time but he was not without sin. He experienced every Every possible pain that there could have ever been but still Jesus stayed on the cross I'm thankful to God for Jesus who remained on the cross I'm thankful to God for Jesus who did not give up on me and even though he saw me I was a useless sinner I was a dead gone sinner on my way to hell on my way to destruction but the Bible says he has brought me out of the merry clay and he has set my feet on the rock to stay how many people here are thankful to God for Jesus Because he came to rescue you from the place of destruction. He came to rescue you from the place of hell. We're not going to burn in hell for for thousands of years anymore. Because we have a hope in Jesus. Uh, Jesus refused the analgesics. And even the thief on the other hand said, Jesus, if you are the son of God, deliver yourself and come down from this cross. And Jesus said, uh, in fact, he didn't bother with the thief. But the other thief who was there said, this man has done no wrong and you are here. You and I who have done something wrong, we deserve to be on this cross. But this man deserves not to be on this cross. And therefore Jesus says to the man, uh, today you will be with me where? In paradise. Uh, that means something because you see, uh, the moment someone dies, he's with Christ already. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. I wondered when the man asked for forgiveness. I wondered when the man looked at Jesus and said, forgive me. So you see, your confession sometimes is not a guarantee for your forgiveness. It was the cross that produced your forgiveness. Are you getting what I'm saying? The man never said, "Ah, Jesus, please forgive me for all that I have done. He never even said, Jesus, forgive me for the reason why I'm on this cross. But all he did was to believe that Jesus was Lord. And the Bible says, with the heart one believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For those of you who believe, just know that you have a hope already. No devil can take your hope. No demon can snatch your hope because you have believed already in the saving power of the blood look at your neighbor said there is power in the blood turn to another neighbor said there is power in the blood the late Jesus on that cross already bleeding and the bible says that the soldiers took the nails about 11 12 inches nails and they pierced the nails at his couples and, and those nails went through what we call the median nerve Have you ever hit your elbow somewhere before and you feel a shocking sensation down from your arm, I mean from your hand to your wrist or to your hand? You feel that shocking sensation. That's because of the nerve, the ulnar nerve that passes at your elbow area. But the the, the, the nails that were pressed 
um, at Jesus' hand was targeted to pierce the nerves, to give him maximum pain. And Jesus was in excruciating pain. Uh, he went through all that pain so you can come into glory. You see, when we get to heaven, the reality of what he did for us on the cross will come to you. By the time you see Jesus face to face, it will dawn on you that he went through so much just because of you. And Pastor Ideal said something that even if you are the only one who was on the earth, Jesus will still have come. And I'm so grateful to God that, that you see, the Bible says, why will we yet sinners? He died for us. He says, costly will anybody die for a good man. But while I was yet a sinner, there was nothing good about me to say. There was nothing um, worthy about me, but he still died for me in my state. It was the love of Jesus that brought me from being a sinner to being righteous. It was the love of Jesus that loved me up unto the way of heaven. It was his love. And when they pierce the nail, the hands of Jesus automatically will form a claw. And, 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 and that means that the pain that he went through and the, the effect of the piercing of the nerve will cause his hands to be in this fashion. And he cried out with so much of pain. But when I think about the fact that Jesus' hand was in the form of a claw, it suggests to me that it felt like he was holding something. It felt like Jesus was holding something. I remember the Bible says in John chapter 10 verse 29. It says, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. It means that when Jesus was on the cross, uh, when they pierced that nerve and his hand became like a claw, he died holding me in his hands. And nobody can snatch me away from Jesus. Uh, he died with me in his hands. No demon in hell can ever pluck me away from Jesus. I'm so grateful to God that no scheme of man, no seducing spirit, no false doctrine, no problem, no situation can take my faith away from Jesus because he died holding me in his hands. Uh, if Jesus died holding me in his hands, no power of hell can get to me because the Bible says my life is hid in Christ and Christ in God. If I am hid in Christ, you have to look for me to find me. Because if Jesus hides me, the devil can't find me. Are you hearing what I'm saying, somebody? Sickness can't find you. Poverty can't find you. Can I prophesy to you in the next coming months of 2017, God is about to open your storehouse that poverty will be chased out of your doors because of what his blood did for you. Sickness will be chased out of your doors because of what the blood did for you. Depression will be chased out of your doors because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, the reason why I won't go to hell is because while Jesus was on the cross, he was feeling hell inside of him. Some people say Jesus died as a result of muscle cramps and hypovolemic shock and exhaustive asphyxia. Some said he died out of massive dehydration and congestive cardiac failure. Some said he died out of stress-induced arrhythmia. But all those things are speculations. But what I know he died for and by is that my sins killed Jesus. My sins was the reason why he died. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. 
Ah, Jesus would not have been able to die if he didn't become the sin of the world. He would not have been able to die because something had to kill him in the spirit because he was a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man. So even if you put a spare on Jesus, he would not die. But he had to first of all die in the spirit. So I suggest to you that Jesus died twice on the cross. He died the first time when he became the sin of the world. Are you following what I'm saying? And, the, and, and you see when we do medical study, every 23 seconds, it, that's when the blood in the man's body is circulated by the heart. And it goes around the body in every 23 seconds. And it nourishes the organs in every 23 seconds. I thank God that if, you see, if the efficacy of a human's body will go around in 23 seconds, how much more the power of the blood of Jesus? Because as we are in him, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. So that at the very instant when you are not perfect, his blood is already speaking for you I came to announce to someone here if you are afraid of the devil hey no don't be afraid of the devil your defense is the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus has become your defense and no wonder Bishop Tidijek said Satan the blood is against you because it is not my work it is not even my statement but it is the statement of the blood because there is, there is a voice in blood every, every blood has a voice uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Every blood has a voice. No wonder the Bible says that the blood of Abel was crying for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. It means what the blood is saying is my redemption. What the blood is saying is my wholeness. What the blood is saying is my fulfillment. What the blood is saying is my assurance. What the blood is saying is that I'm making heaven. What the blood is saying is eternal life. Uh, the life I have is not just the human life, but I have eternal life. It says anyone who has the son has life. Because if you have the son, you have life. And the power of every flesh is in the blood. Look at your neighbor said, there is power in the blood. There is power in the blood of Jesus. It was not all those things that killed Jesus. And Jesus struggled on the cross. Because for him to breathe in and out, he has to go up and down the cross. To be in a comfortable position to inspire and expire. And Jesus had to go through all that pain because his back was already whipped with so much of bruises by the flagrum or by the weeping. And then his wounded body had to go through the old rugged cross. But you see, all those things did not stop Jesus from, from giving up. I mean, it didn't stop Jesus from staying on that cross because as he saw the joy, he said, I will stay to the end. And therefore, he's alive today. He's ever living to make intercession for you and I. Jesus is alive to ensure that what he died for you come into experience. When a man dies and the man writes his will, the man um, gives the lawyer the will, uh, the lawyer begins to read the will to his children. And when he reads the will, uh, sometimes some wicked lawyers will hide some properties from the kids. But I imagine if the father of the children come back to life and say, lawyer, give him the house now. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the picture of what Jesus did. The Bible says, if he's, he said, by his death, we have been reconciled. But by his life, we are saved. 
He says, how much more shall we be saved by his life? So the death of Jesus reconciled me. But his life brought my experiential salvation. So that what he died for, I will come into. I'm so grateful for the blood of Jesus. When I see sickness in my body, the only thing I need to do is to talk about the blood. When I see failure dangling at my door, the only thing I need to do is say, no, you paid for this, you paid for this. In fact, can I say to you, you have the right to remain silent and let the blood speak for you. (laughs) You have the right to remain silent and let the blood of Jesus speak for you because the blood of Jesus is your defense. Look at your neighbor and say, the blood of Jesus is my defense. It's the blood that kept my mind. It's the blood that saved me. Since when I see the blood, I will pass over. God has passed over many things that should count against you because of the blood of Jesus. If you're here tonight, you have not received and made oneness with the blood. You are losing out because the only thing that can save you is the blood. The only thing that can deliver you is the blood. The only thing that can bring you into inheritance with the Father is the blood. Everybody stands on the same platform as believers. The Pope, the Bishop, the Archbishop, the Cardinal, the Pastor, the Deacons, the Demons, the the Deacons, the Members, the Saints. They all stand at the mercy seat. The same platform of the blood. On the mercy seat there is length, there is breadth, but there is no height. Meaning nobody has an advantage. If you are standing by the blood, your brother who believed is also standing by the blood. Yeah. So there is no, there is no, there is no special advantage. It is the blood. We are hiding behind the cross. Let this resurrection Sunday be a joy to you. You understand what I'm saying? Because if Jesus did not rise up from the dead, okay, if if he didn't get up after three days, there is no hope in our gospel. Because the, 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 the teaching of the gospel speaks about the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. So it is not a complete gospel if he didn't rise again after three days. Are you still here? But I'm thankful to God that he rose again on the third day. Hallelujah. I'm so blessed because Jesus loved me so much even to the point of death. And when he went to that grave, sin could not hold him because he was not sinful. He became sin, but he was not the sinner. So sin could not keep Jesus in Hades. The Bible says he went to the spirit, I mean, to the prison and he began to speak or preach to the prisoners, all right, um, in Hades, who probably were in Abraham's bosom at the time. And he began to preach to them. He would say to maybe Noah who built the ark. The ark you were building those years. I am the ark. This is me. Are you getting what I'm saying? He would say to people like Moses. He said the blood that you put on the lintel. That blood was talking about me. And when he would say to the children of Israel. The manna you received from heaven. You see that manna that fell from heaven. He says I am the bread of life. I am that manna. And then he began to preach to everybody who made sense. Uh, who could understand the law, who could see uh, uh, the types and shadows of Jesus. And when the substance came, there was no need for the shadow. And the Bible says he led many captives 
out of captivity. Are you following what I'm saying? When Jesus rose on the third day, it wasn't only him who came out, but those who were in prison for many decades and many generations, those who died, they got up with Jesus and they began to knock at the doors of some of their relatives. And when Jesus was ascending, they also ascended with him. This gospel that we preach is real. And as he went, the scriptures we read in the past teachings of eschatology says that the manner in which Jesus went is the manner in which he's going to come. And we're going to be caught up in the air with him. That's the blessed hope of the believer. I'm going to be caught up in the air with, the air with Jesus. I'm going to leave this place where the tribulations will deal with people for the next seven years. I'm not going to be there at that time. But how many of you are thankful for the blood? I'm done. I'm done. How many of you are thankful for the blood of Jesus? How many of you are grateful for the blood of Jesus? The blood that washed your sins away. The blood that cleansed you. The blood that saved you. Uh, see, I'm not talking about Cadillac today. I'm not talking about your Mercedes Benz today. I'm not talking about how much you have in your account today. But all I'm talking about is the blood of Jesus. If I don't have uh, the Mercedes to be happy about, I'm happy at least for the blood. If I don't have the Cadillac to be happy about, give me some organ, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the blood. I, I, can I preach a little bit? If I, if I don't have the, the cash in my pocket right now, I'm grateful because I have the blood. You see, my hope is in the blood of Jesus. My hope is in what he did for me on the cross of Calvary. That's the hope that I share. Look at your neighbor and say, do you have that hope? Do you have that hope? I don't know about you, but if you have that hope, somebody shout yes. I have the hope of Jesus. I have the hope of the cross. I'm not one who is hoping something to happen. I'm not one who is wishing that God will change his mind about me. He already made his mind about me. And he sent Jesus on the cross. And because of that, I celebrate God. Hallelujah. I want you to make a joyful shout unto the Lord. With a voice of triumph. If you know that you're grateful to God. For what the blood did for you. Celebrate God. Celebrate God. Celebrate God. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.